Hey everyone, in this AB Talks with my friend Atif Aslam, you'll get to know the human side of this artist and I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey. Hi. What's up? All good, what's up with you? Good to see you. Likewise. I was just telling, um, I was actually recalling with you and the team how we've been friends for seven to eight years mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. And I just counted it today because I never thought of it. And the best thing about the friendship is that you don't know my music and we just know each other. And today, today I told you I added two songs to my playlist. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine it's quite sad that I waited this long. No, but I, I like the fact that, you know, you like the new one because that's the new sound. I like the new one and apparently one of your oldest ones. So I literally have your spectrum now. I appreciate that. It's pretty Thank cool. You. Thank you. That means you're consistent. Right. Um, so we start with the typical uh, question, mm. which is how are you really doing? Tell me. I'm doing great. Uh, at this point in time in my life, I think I uh, got to spend some time with my, my family because of the COVID. And uh, I know it's not uh, a great thing for a lot of people to go through this disease. But, you know, fortunately enough, I had the time to sort of spend with my kids, with my family as well. Because from the past uh, so many years, I've been... I've been working, I've never taken a break. So my life was literally like the airplanes at the airports, the venues, from one continent to another, uh, you know. Uh, so which is why I think I'm so glad that it worked out for me because I got to spend some more time with my kids, with my family. Yeah, I think that's the... The, it's very easy for us to paint uh, the last year, mm. 2020, as a, a bad year, right? Mm. And some people are like, yeah, let's remove it from the calendar. Or yeah. I'm like, no, yeah. there, it's not easy just to put one paint. Yep. There is good, there is bad. So like you said, a lot of uh, us were maybe too... Um, life took us events and business and make money and yeah. fame. and You didn't sit down. And this forced the whole world to sit down. That's correct. So I thought it was really important. I I met a lot of people and then uh, their perspective was to sort of uh, appreciate life more Hmm. and appreciate what they have. Like I think gratitude has really come into place um, where people are just being thankful for small little blessings that they have. Yeah. I think people learned how to actually enjoy being at home too, which they probably never did. Correct, correct. Because they were busy. Yeah. Like you'd go home, you're tired, you'd probably watch one Netflix show. They were busy buying new cars, new phones, new houses. I mean, that's not bad. Mm. But of course, you know, we were always running. Mm. How was uh, your childhood? My childhood, it was naughty. It was... uh, Naughty, you said? It was naughty. It was great. It was sensitive. I was like a... I was like a very sensitive kid. I'd like for no for no reason. I'd be like, I'm not gonna play with you, like you know th- those snooty kids. Yeah. And then I had gone through a lot because uh, I ended up losing a lot of friends because I wouldn't know why they aren't responding to me anymore, just because of my own behavior, which I found out later on. But um, yeah, it was naughty. It was uh, sensitive. Uh, I wouldn't care about the timings. I was uh, in love with cricket. I would watch the matches 24-7. I would uh, play the cricket. 
and uh, without caring, you know, about the sun in June, July, like, it's what, like 50 degrees? Like here? I do that, yeah, like here, so mm. it's, a, it's crazy. Good childhood? Like in terms of, uh, you mean family? The feeling, when you look back, how do you feel about it? It was healthy, it was problematic, it was... I feel great, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think my, my parents gave me the best they could. And my brothers actually, uh, you know, I, there was not a great bond between all of us because there was a huge uh, age difference. I'm the youngest, mm. so... Uh, you get beat up the most? Yes, mm. that's correct. Mm. And for no reason, I was trying to figure out <laughs> the other day that, you know, why did they bully me? <laughs> Because they didn't have why? anybody else. <laughs> why? Why did they I'm, do that? You know, I come from a home from we're all brothers too. Hmm. You don't have a sister, right? I don't have a sister. Yes, yeah. yeah. Now I have a half sister. Yeah. Oh, okay. But like I would imagine, it's similar. Every hmm. day there's beating. Every day somebody's crying. Yeah, but you you know sort of try and figure out what's the reason. Why did he? Why was he angry <laughs> uh, on me? But you know, it's difficult to figure out. Mm. And like you would go to your parents at the age of four. Or five, that you know, he's beaten me and everything, he has done that to me. But they would respond, he's elder, you got to listen to him. That's it. Yep. What do you do after that? Yeah, no, no, nothing. no explanation. Nothing. You go sit in the corner. But, look, I'm the eldest, so I'm the opposite of your spectrum. I'm the one who beat. Um, <laughs> but I would say... The younger ones become much smarter with words. Mm. They know how to annoy you. Like they know mm. what to say that will piss you off or really get under your skin. The eldest doesn't have that skill. They get the best of the elders. Because physically they're not strong. That's correct. They're much smaller, right? That's correct. But mentally, they'll yeah. kill you. Yeah. So yeah. that was my youngest one. Oh, I, I see. I chat. I chat. Yeah. I chat. I chat. I chat. Yeah. Well, the thing is that with my brothers, um, it was a complete shift. My childhood was not way you say it was it wasn't great with my brothers, mm. but now it's amazing. Mm. Now we bond really well. Yeah, you grow up to be friends. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Like all of them. Like um, they all work with me. One of them is a you know, he has a great sense of fashion. He's into cars. Revamping cars. Hmm. And he my, re- one, my brother actually is the same. He go. revamps cars. There you go. So he revamps the classic scraps and then, you know, sort of nice. he's into that. Hmm. And uh, yeah, we, we have a great bond. And what about your relationship with your parents? How was that? My relationship with my parents, I think I've, I've never been a very expressive kid. Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't go and hug my mother and tell her that I love you. Um, because we were, we were never like that. I knew that you know, she loves me and I love her. And uh, same uh, with the case, uh, you know, with my father. It was like a, like a fear, you know, whenever he would come, down, come back from the, from the office, we would just open up our books and you know, start studying and stuff. It was just the fear of him being at home and he will ask that, you know, have you done your homework or not? You know how fathers are and they, they want you to very similar. excel mm. in your life. And I thank him for that. I thank him because 
I think it's the he has taught me the consistency. Hmm. He has taught me how to treat people, and uh, he has taught me how to be stubborn. Hmm. Why? Like professionally. Yeah. Was how he a stubborn, stubborn like worker? No, he's like very professional. He's like um, very hardworking. So by stubborn, I mean hardworking. Hmm. Yeah, focused. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think though, like, um, because Arab and Asian uh, cultures are very similar, hmm. and uh, even I was growing up, my mother is very loving and expressive, hmm. but my father is very formal. Hmm. Like you have a former, hi dad, how are you? You okay? Correct. It's not like ham al Even if I remember my brother telling him I love you, he doesn't know how to respond. We know he loves him back. Yeah, but but he would become weird correct. and like awkward and. But we know. Yeah. But I don't know if it's a good thing in our Arab and um, mm. Asian societies. Like I'm very loving with my kids. Mm-hmm. I tough love, mm-hmm. but I show. I'll hug and kiss and you know talk to them. Different. That's what I've learned as well. Are you like that with your I kids? I am like that. I, I cannot. So. I cannot live without hugging them. I cannot. Mm. I am that guy. I, I think they should. They need to feel that love from their parents. I mean, I know. I can hug my mother now. I can hug my father. I yeah. can tell them that you know I I really love you. Uh, whatever you've done for for me, it's just amazing. Yeah. But um, and I want to give that to my kids as well, mm. because that is something I have not experienced in my childhood. Correct. Um, you were into cricket, mm. not singing. Mm. How did that switch? So, yeah. So I gave up on cricket. Um, I was uh, planning to become a professional cricketer. Uh, I was an athlete, and I worked really hard for it. But uh, my parents knew that. Okay, fine. This is his hobby. You know, it's nothing serious. So they didn't know. I guess they didn't know how good I was. But um, I gave up on that. Because they wanted me to study, I was skipping studies because my interest was to take wickets. Uh, and then I think I explored myself in a way where I did not have any sort of an outlet, and I was looking for that outlet. I I became quiet. I became lonely, and then I heard Nusrat Fatali Khan with Michael Brooks. This is what 20, 23 years ago, and my elder brother made me hear that album. I was hearing, and I I heard it, and I and I thought this is something amazing. It started calming me. It started making me talk to God. And when I started praying. I started getting the answers, and those answers were just for me. I would never share them with anybody else, and I was unable to share them with anybody else because no one would have understood understand at that point in time. So, while I was talking, I explored myself that I have a voice. 
I didn't know I was going to make a career out of it. The house was empty because we were shifting to another city. It was an empty house. And uh, I started singing. I had no clue about music. No clue at this time. I had no clue about music. What age? This was, uh, must be 14, 13, 14. And then, you know, I was, I started singing in that empty house. And I, I still remember the time. I think it was 5.30 in the evening, winter evening. The dark blue shades in the sky. And yeah, I was in, the, in that empty house and I started singing. And I, when I started singing and I touched a high note, I got scared. I got scared. And I left it there. And, you know, started doing my own thing and stuff. Okay. Second time around, one of my brother's friends actually had a guitar. And my brother wanted to explore that guitar. And, you know, he was interested in exploring the guitar. And stuff. So he explored it for like two days. He got bored. Left it there. I saw the guitar. It's like, what is this instrument doing here? What's happening? You know, maybe it's like, let me pick it up. I picked it up. It only had three strings. And they were not tuned. By this time, I don't know if there's a like thing that you call standard tuning of the instrument that you have to tune to. I started fiddling with those strings, started playing, and would sort of tune according to my own ears because whatever is sounding good to my ear, I'll just tune it according to that, right? Mm. So I started playing those uh, strings. I was loving it. I started loving it and I started singing to those untuned strings. That's how I started. After a year, I found out that first of all, a guitar has six strings and you have to tune it to a standard tuning, and which is beautiful because, you know, I was playing for a year unconventionally right and then when i found that there's a standard thing it opened a new dimension for me altogether i started making more songs hmm. i started writing more songs so yeah that instrument actually really did that for me okay a few things yeah when you lost or you gave up on your passion hmm. And I relate. I was, uh, I think I was a very good footballer and uh, I reached at a high level, but I fell in the same pocket. Football equals hobby, mm. no future. And it didn't have much of a future back then mm. in my mm. time, maybe a little. Mm. But I would understand that my parents didn't understand. Mm. And I don't want to blame them. I also gave up. Like it's not only on them. Uh, I didn't have an elder brother to tell me, no, you have the talent, you should. I was the eldest. Mm. So I understand. But my question to you is, when you give up on such a passion, what you said I became lonesome, I became quiet. Yeah. Does that mean you were depressed in that phase at a young age? 
I think I was. Yeah. I think I was. I was never a... Uh, uh, I never, I never used to sort of talk to anybody about my my personal things. I would, I wouldn't share my toys with people back in the day. Mm. I wouldn't like. If someone asks me for it, and if I know that he needs it, mm. then I would give it away. But for the fact that you know, okay, just taking it away like that, no, no chance. Mm. So, I was not into a phase, but yes, I would call it that was a turning point for me in the life where I, uh, I got matured hmm. at a very early age. I started seeing dynamics of the life. It feels like um, in that phase where we'll call it depressed or down, hmm. you were really down and lo- maybe a loner, hmm. introverted maybe more than usual. Hmm. Um, the, who's, do you remember the guy who got the guitar? You like yeah. you know him? Yeah. So it's like he. His name was Faraz. It's like he yeah. is a big reason why you are out of Aslam the singer. That's correct. Like it's like you said because you got into prayer, right? Yeah. And you said uh, you said something nice. You said God would answer me, but only for me. Yeah. It feels like the guitar was one of the answers. Yeah. That somebody brought it and left it. Yes, just because you you were giving up on something, and he was watching. Mm. Right. The fact that I didn't go back to my parents and I didn't retaliate, I think that's what Allah was watching. And I kept quiet, tried to keep my sanity, and the answer was there. Yeah. And look at things, how everything just unfolds. Uh, I read that one of your first songs, you invested your own money. Yeah. Correct? I recorded with my own pocket money, yes. How come? Because my father used to give me like um, 50 bucks a day for my college trip. Yeah. So I used to go buy local vans and mm. and sometimes I would skip those vans and take lifts from people. Hey, can you drop me to that place? Mm. Hey, you can drop me. So, um, yeah, I saved that money. Mm. And uh, recorded my first song, which was Adat, the name of the song, and put it on the internet. Hmm. They, I'm talking about the days where, you know, people used to go into the chat rooms like MIRC and dial-up network. Yeah. That kind of, uh, that phase. So there were no, like, there was no social media. There were only websites where you could just go or chat rooms that you can talk to. Um and put it on the internet. People started loving it. People wanted to see who the guy was because it was just the audio. What to do now? Collected more money. Shot the video. Label comes in. Uh, One of my friends who was basically sitting over here, he released my first album. Wow. And... uh, since then, I think there's no looking back. And it was the best thing that we did because we literally went to each and every shop to sort of put our own posters and advertise it. That was the marketing back in the days. Mm. These, are, these are the cassette times. Yeah. 
So it's, it's actually telling that he's here and that you guys still have this loyal friendship. It says a lot about both of you. That's correct. That's correct. I, I, I mean, um, he has done a lot for me because he released my first album in the career. I used to play cricket with him. He didn't know about my song. Mm. Yeah, and he, he found out from some other guy. You know, you know what? This guy has played cricket with you. <laughs> Who's this guy? This guy. He lives over there. Are you sure? Okay. So he picks me up and he says, Is this your song? Yes, this is my song. I am in love with the song. I was like, okay. I was like, okay, he's in love for like, what, four or five days. Mm. He would come up and pick me up every day. Every day. And would go for a ride. And for the next two hours, I have to listen to my own song. <laughs> and there's no other song that would play in that car. It was that crazy. It was that maddening. He was in love with that song. To a point where he thought that, you know, okay, we'll release your album. So he opened up a label in collaboration with someone else. And that's how the, the only album to his credit is my album. Mm. So which is beautiful. And I thank you for that. You reminded me of a guest I had. Mm. She was talking out of about how she reached a point in her life. Mm. She only allows hype men or hype women. You know what a hype man is? The guy who like supports you or encourages you and pushes you further. That's right. And she's like, I don't need anybody who has been like, Why are you wearing this? Why do you sound like this? These negative energy. She's like, I don't want any of that mm. in my life mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So like, Omar is a hype man. Yeah. He believes maybe in your songs, maybe mm. more than sometimes you believe in them. Mm. And you need more of that energy in your life to upgrade. Because otherwise it's like people demotivating you. Of course. Life. I think for me, it's, um, there are just a few people around me. I would say... Most of them are my fans, hmm. right? Hmm. Like certain things that they would write to me. My sister is suffering from thalassemia, but she responds to your music. There's a hospital in India and the hospital management writes to me. It's a mental hospital. They would say our patients respond to just your music. Is that's, a, that's the biggest hype for me. Mm. That's a kick for me. Of course. That it is kind of therapy for them. And Allah has put me in a position where I can sort of talk to them. Through your music. Through my music. And your voice. It's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. And the feeling of, uh, you know, not being known now and talking to someone who likes your music is even better. Hmm. Like in a mosque, I'm somewhere and someone is listening to my song and he's singing and, you know, just looking at that person. Yeah. It's so natural. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, the feeling cannot be explained. That's true. You know, I always tell you I'm not a political guy. Hmm. But I've, I was going through one of your videos, one of the new songs that I actually liked. 
And when I scrolled, because you, you know, you, YouTube, you always want to see the first top three comments or whatever. And a lot of them were like, look at what India has lost. Mm. It's such a shame that he's not, you know, doing. So I wanted to understand why are people writing these comments? So then I read an article that Pakistani artists are not allowed to work in Bollywood. Mm. I'm like, is this true? Why? So I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this true? Is it still ongoing? It is true that we are not allowed to work in uh, India. And it has been, what, four to five years now? Wow. Uh, God knows the reasons. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to get into the details. But yes, I think I have, I have a lot of love and respect for all my fans who are, you know, in Pakistan or in India. Because they're my fans. I've received a lot of love from them. Um, it's so beautiful that they call themselves Adis. You know, uh, they have a whole community. Hmm. And if they would see that, you know, someone is talking negative, they would make sure they shut them up. <laughs> okay. They would make sure. Yeah. And I love them for how dedicated they are. They're like, they're, they're, they're my power. And uh, be it a small thing, am I going somewhere? They would just love to see the glimpse of it. Mm. And uh, they would keep on telling me, and sharing. They would share their opinions with me. Uh, we want to hear the song. We want to hear that song. Please release this song. Please come back to India. And there was this hashtag which was trending the other day. Um, bring back Atif Aslam. Oh, really? Yes. I find that sad, Atif, mm. that if two countries can't get along, mm. everybody suffers. You know, uh, and that's the, the issue in the world. It is. So it many is. countries, you know. It is. But uh, honest, I think uh, uh, I think one should keep going. Absolutely. And the good thing sure. is now you have the internet. So your yes. music doesn't have boundaries. Yes. It doesn't have borders. I mean, music has got nothing to do with politics. 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 Yeah. yeah. But it's nice. Like I saw and I'm like, okay, they miss him. Hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I miss my fans too. I do. I do. I'm sure it's nice, man. Um, have you have women always been drawn to you as uh, a person? As before a human, the career, as, or? yeah, as a person, as a human. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I would. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a very like a handsome guy or a like a sexiest person. <laughs> I don't want. I never wanted to be that, and I. I, I don't think I am. But even in college days, the boys would come up to me and tell me, what do you have in you? <laughs> Why would these girls come up to you and sit with you? Why? You want to know. And I would never have an answer to that. Never. Mm. Uh, probably, you know, maybe I was a good listener. They would come and share their stories. They would talk about their boyfriends, obviously. But my point was never to steal them from their boyfriends. I would just listen to the story and I would just, you know, whatever headspace I would be in, I would just tell them, okay, try this, try this. You know, maybe he'd like it, he wouldn't like it. So they would find me as a better option, probably, you know, as of their boyfriends. Or maybe they would like to speak to me or something. Mm. So that could have been the only reason. Because I never had a car. I never had a place to go to. 
I never had money to feed them for lunch. In fact, I, I would have been the only guy in the college or university who, would, who wouldn't have like money to sort of pay for the bills because I was collecting money from my song. Yeah. I was that focused. That's good. You took a sacrifice, but it was worth it. <laughs> of course. But yeah, of course, listening is a huge thing. Yeah. Huge. And uh, this show has taught me because mm. I, I didn't know I could be a, a very good listener until I tested my focus here. Mm. Mm. And sometimes for like 80, 90 minutes, I'm just mainly listening. It's amazing. You know how listening have really helped me writing my music and songs. How? I explore people, I talk to them, I sit with them, hear the stories, and write about them. Hmm. Interesting. And you sing a lot of romantic uh, songs. Yeah. But are you romantic? I am a romantic. You are? I, I am a romantic. How, what's your style of romance? My style of romance is, um, I think, respect is romance. I think... Um, Telling your partner every day that I appreciate the fact that you live with me because it's not an easy thing. It's not easy to be with a person like me. And I, I would like to appreciate my partner because she has to go through a lot. She is my foundation. She's handling my kids. She's looking at the house. She's managing a lot of stuff. I would tell her every day that I love her. I would treat her to dinners. I would love to open the door for her when she's going to sit in the car. Small things is romance. Are you happily married? Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Is it easy or very difficult for somebody in the entertainment business, mm. uh, especially with a majority fan base of women mm. and attention from women, which mm. is beautiful. Mm. All of us men love attention. All mm. of women love attention. It's human nature. But is it really hard for somebody in your position mm. to balance between your art, your mm. music, and a married life? It is very difficult. I wouldn't say it's very easy. Mm. And fame sometimes is such a tricky business that it makes you feel powerful. If you understand what I'm trying to say. Of course. It makes you feel powerful sometimes. Mm. Okay, fine. You have the opportunity to talk to anybody in the world. But if you misuse it, then like it becomes very odd. It's, it's sort of very difficult to look in the mirror and tell yourself that, fine, you've, I think you've gone wrong somewhere. Hmm. Power... Um is a very tricky thing because you see uh, people who have hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Yeah. But then it's their hunger for power. It's not about money anymore. Yeah. yeah. And it's who's more powerful and who can step on somebody more and mm. who can mistreat somebody or beat somebody or compete against somebody. It becomes a power fight. Yes. 
And I agree with you, fame, money, uh, power. I don't, I personally don't believe it changes people. I believe it magnifies people. I think they were always that way. Mm-hmm. But it just gave them the opportunity. Correct. Like social media. Correct. Social media is a magnifying glass. Yes. You look at somebody and suddenly they're all about designer bags. You're like, okay. Yeah. They're very materialistic. Yeah. It's a magnify. It doesn't mean yeah. it covers their whole personality. It means it showed you more what yeah. they are. Money is like that. Somebody who doesn't have money still don't know. Once they have a lot of money, see all the things. That's correct. But Do you I, think it has changed you, fame? I think it has taught me a lot. Hmm. Whether you call it change or not. but It has taught me a lot. It has taught me how to... Uh, I've tasted arrogance. On yourself? Yes. Interesting. I've tasted uh, gratitude after arrogance. Nice. So, you know, the combination is just amazing because when you taste gratitude after arrogance, then you become more thankful. And you go back to those people and ask for forgiveness. I'm sorry I was rude. I'm sorry I didn't, I wasn't polite. I did this to you, but it was out of anger. It was out of arrogance. Mm. That's what it teaches you. And your fame came early, at an early age or late? Well, I was 20. Yeah, yeah, young. Yeah, so imagine giving power, fame, women to a person who was 17 or 20. Yeah, and like you could see the Justin Bieber story and many young celebrities and Justin started much younger. Yeah. It can destroy you and you could see of like... Of course. Justin Bieber I'm using as one example, but you could see how in his career he had these huge dips. Yeah. And then now it seems, it seems from the outside that he's found a life partner that yeah. balances him. Yeah. His music has changed, his lyrics have changed. Yeah. And you're like, okay, maybe yeah. he's finally found, like you said, between... The arrogance and gratitude between yeah. the power and modesty. And you need to find that zone. And Correct. some people never do, I Correct. guess. I think it's a const- constant struggle. You always improve yourself. You always, it's an ongoing process. Thankfully, I, was, I never got into drugs. I never got into alcohol and that kind of stuff. Thankfully. Which is very easy. Which is very in easy in that kind of field. Absolutely. Right? So, alhamdulillah. I didn't get into that, so I was, I was, uh, I mean, I was enjoying myself um, for the first six or seven years of my career. But there was, there came a point where I was like, I think that there should be more to this, more to life. It can't just be like going everywhere and performing and making songs and stuff. Mm. Explored. Let's get married. Right, and then. You know, there came a point where you, you were like, okay, you're performing everywhere, but you're not reinventing yourself. And there was inner, inner struggle. So you were const- you're constantly, in my field, you're constantly fighting. You know, people who are saying, you've not done this right on social media. Any negative comment can take you down, right? But alhamdulillah. I have this, have this feeling, I have this faith in my Allah that negative comments 
actually a very important for a person. To be criticized is very important. And I don't care about those negative um, comments because I don't socialize to get work. You don't socialize to? Get work. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like over drinks, people would call you over to sort of deal breaking and everything. And you would just, you know, sort of talk to the CEOs. You're, you're very nice. You're very good. I've seen you work. You know, it's fantastic. The buildings are great. And, you know, you're just awesome. I wouldn't know the name of the guy. Mm. What's the point of like sort of praising him just to sort of get work? No, he's going to give me work. So I've always believed in that. Whatever is yours, if you work hard, it'll come to you. Mm. You said also the nose uh, and the criticism mm. is really good. Why do you think it's good? It's good to reinvent yourself mm. if you're focused. Yeah. Okay. But some people cannot take it. Some people are like... Yeah. Some the bigger your sensitive. ego, yes. the more difficult it is yes. to take. Yeah. I think ego is something, um, yeah, in fact, anger, something that comes out of ego. Yeah, I would agree. I think um, I always relate insecurity, the higher the insecurity, the bigger the ego. That's correct. Somebody who's very insecure, everything is personal. Yeah. Everything is offensive. Yeah. yeah. And somebody who's confident is like, okay, you don't yeah. like my t-shirt. Yeah. It's fine. Fine. That's okay. I like it. Yeah. You know, and I think ego, we all have it, but do you control it or does it control you? That's, I'm not asking you, yeah. but I think you yeah. know, that's, obviously, I think you, it seems you have a very good control over mm. your ego. Mm. Um, I try my best. Good. I try my best. Yeah. Because uh, it's, e it's easy in your field for the ego to get over. It's very easy. It's very easy. You it's hear a lot very of easy to treat. It's very easy to treat like the, the richest people very friendly, very nicely. And it's very easy to treat like your staff really bad. But you shouldn't do that. Mm. That tells which, what kind of background you have. 100%. Um, what does love mean to you? Happiness. Happiness. Yeah. Okay. And uh, how is it being a father? Is um, completely a different experience for the first time. Before this, I'd like to explain what happiness is. Tell me. Happiness is when you free your heart of hate and envy. Hmm. And you freed your heart? Yeah. Before you had hate and envy? Before that, yeah. Way before, I think. Hmm. I don't think I hate anybody in my life. Alhamdulillah. Hate is a virus. It's a cancer. It is a cancer. I believe so. You yeah. suffer, not the person yeah. you're yes. hating. Hate or envy, these two things. They kill you. Kill you. I feel sad for people who... Because you live yeah. with it every day. Yeah. And it's so toxic that, you know, it'll make your life miserable. Hmm. So considering what social media has at this point in time, hmm. people actually try and look at other people, right? And they were sort of, oh, she has that bag. Oh my God, he has that car. They live in a big house. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So true. So, yeah, that I think that's happiness because everything is so small now. The world is just has the social media has brought it so close. It's a village, yeah. not a world anymore. Yeah. Mm. So everyone can so get connected to each other and you know get into the privacy and get to know oh my god what you doing how's how's it going and everything how much how, how much money are you making and all that okay the thing is these things always existed out of yes social media just gave it a way for people to yes. easily access you yes people had envy but we were uh, the world was lucky enough not to hear all of that shit yeah but now now <laughs> you I had the other day I was like you can be sitting yeah. in, on your toilet and you're like yeah yeah you know swear make fun and you know it's it's mm. so accessible correct. but it's always been there correct. and it's always a reflection of the person correct if you're hating on somebody's right. well-being or happiness that means maybe you're you're not happy yeah and you're jealous yeah yeah you know so you're coming back to you as a father yeah. me as a father okay mm. so the first time when i was uh, holding um abdullah it was a i was in an awe of his creation mm. how is it possible to have an individual coming from another individual how beautiful is that and who can who else can do it no one can my allah can do it so and when i said azan in his ears that was the best moment it was a beautiful moment i couldn't start sort of uh, hold him for for too long that someone would happen to him i would do something to him i was scared um yes he is uh, he's uh, you know he he is also very sensitive but he listens to me and the best thing i like about him is that whenever i'm praying he would come by himself and say daddy i also want to pray have that janamaz and you know he's mm-hmm. starts praying and he knows how to you know so um, yeah yeah and the second one i call him kukka so uh, he's adorable he doesn't look like any of us basically <laughs> he's a completely different chap and he has that tantrum sort of a thing going on you know all of us in the family are very sober me sara and abdullah we are sober but he's like i'm going to tell you <laughs> i'll show you i'll show you <laughs> i'm here yes i'm here now yeah i'll take over it's so interesting the second and the first will be so different you'll yes. see yes yeah um are you a good father i don't know what's the definition of of good in your definition you well, know my definition i try i think um the best thing a father could give to his kids would be his time agreed so i think i try and do that mm. uh, i cuddle with them i hug them and i tell them that i love you guys and i make sure that i hear that back as well <laughs> um abdul ahad listens to a story from me and he he cannot sleep without me uh kissing him mm. so he calls it um 
ریلیکسنگ کسیز Correct. 
whatever happens, ha you know, happens for a reason. And Allah always has like better plans yeah. for you. Yeah. I gave up on that. Maybe, you know, the game wasn't good for me. I would have sucked. You never know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, music is a sort of expression that I can actually be happy, sad, whatever I want to be, mm. romantic. That's, that's a high for me. And I don't think so there's any other high like being on stage. There's no other high like being on stage. Watching that audience, people taking your name, and singing along to your tunes and telling you that, oh my God, you have been there for us through our tough times. Yeah, you were there. So that's a compliment. Of course. Um, that's what happened with me. Nusrat Saab was there in my bad times. You're correct. Right? And now you give it to people. Um, interesting. That makes you empathize and you, you want to repeat the same uh, relief of and course. joy he give gave love, you. Give love, and give love, spread it. Back. Uh, what's your favorite color and three reasons why? Why? Okay, it was blue, it became black and now it's blue again. Okay, why? Three. Yeah. Okay, reason why because of... I can relate myself with the ocean. Mm -hmm. And when it's calm, it's not doing anything. It has a whole world inside. Mm. Right? But when the tsunami comes, it takes away everything. Okay. Also, the fact that it's so deep that it has, it makes its own way. It doesn't need any authorization or any approval for that. Mm. That's why. One more. One more. One okay. more reason. I think the fact that it's so big, it's huge. And the sky is actually the reflection of the ocean. You know, I asked this question. I read an article, now I don't know if it's an accurate mm. article, but the, the, it had many uh, questions. Yeah. This question mm. says that it's, it's the way you see yourself. Mm. So mm. you see yourself that you don't want authorizations and restrictions. You mm. see yourself as very deep. Uh, you see yourself as uh, uh, you have so much inside. And when it comes to the tsunami, I got guys. Come on, comes nice, to the tsunami nice. or you know another force. Yeah. It's interesting, huh? Yeah. 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 Have you, Atov? Have you ever had your heart broken? Of course, hmm. a lot of times. And then that reflects maybe in your music. Yes, and call me selfish, but I'd like to be heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I don't mind. Yeah. I think artists are like that. Yes, That's how they paint and how they sing and it comes out of hurt. And I call myself a weirdo, yes. I don't, and I don't feel shame in that. But I don't mind being heartbroken. I think I wrote some of the best songs when I was heartbroken. Hmm. Yeah, it's such a beautiful feeling where, you know, sort of um, 
convert that pain into pleasure. Hmm. Uh, music. Art. Art. Absolutely. It has to come from a certain yeah. place. That's why only certain people can do that, mm-hmm. can translate pain into that or joy into yeah. art. Not anybody. That's why I think artists are expensive and they make a lot of money because not every person can do it. Um, what is something that you really like about Atif? Hmm. What I really like about myself? That's a tough one. Like a characteristic. Um, okay, the fact that I'm I'm patient. Hmm. Okay. I think I like that about myself. What do you think is very annoying about Atif? Uh, when he's uh, distracted. Distracted. Yeah. Um, best moment in your life so far? My kids, my fans, my wife. Is there a certain moment that really stands out in your life? There's so many, actually. There's so many. They, they can't Give me one. one. I'm sure there are many. One, I already know, when you said the Adhan and Ahad's ears, I think it's a beautiful moment. Yeah. Another one. I'll tell you two. Hmm? The first time when I saw Hanukkah, um, and I prayed, I couldn't take my eyes off. Um, the second was when I, I was, uh, was going somewhere and I, and there was this guy who was selling balloons. And I saw him, his um, yeah, clothes were a little, you know. And uh, I asked him, what's your name? He said, my name. And I asked him, uh, how many kids you have? He's like, Alhamdulillah, I have three kids. I asked him, what do they do? They study. I am working hard for them. They study. And um, I thought I would just sort of give him some money. I took out something and I gave it to him. And I said, um, will you please uh, pray for me? Uh, take this for your kids. And please take my name and then pray. And to what he replied to me, sir, I don't have to take your name. I think uh, you have given it to me and it's done there. Hmm. I don't have to take your name because he's watching. It's like, it's so beautiful. It taught me so much. You have no idea. It has taught me so much in my life. It is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I'm not all that great of a guy. I'm not, everybody has good things and bad things. But, um, but the fact that I can appreciate these, these small things makes me human. Hmm. I like it. And I love being, um, being on the streets. I love hanging out with 
normal, regular people where they're not interested in taking selfies. They're not interested in taking pictures. I would love to have a conversation with a fan. Hmm. I would, you know, love to sort of entertain them, call them over and have a word with them, but not for the for the sake of pictures. Okay, fine. If you want to take pictures, yes, I will let you know because I had a great time with you guys. And yes, but if I would be a fan of someone, I would rather have the conversation as off to the pictures hmm. and learn something out of them. Absolutely. There, there was um, uh, a little thing that happened a few years ago. Um, it was a press conference and they brought the celebrity here. Hmm. And um, they kept asking uh, him for pictures. Hmm. And he got really offended at some point and he said, would you actually care to say how I'm doing? Like, right? yeah, you get the picture and then just leave. Like, yeah. don't even say, Atof, how was your day? Yeah. You had a good day? You slept well? Yeah. None. It's about me. I need this picture for my social media. Yes, that's it. But are you a true fan? Do you actually care for this human? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And also sometimes I don't understand with the, uh, with the corporate culture as well. Sometimes, you know, they would just call you and they would say, we've paid you. You know? I'm talking on behalf of the beginners. I've heard so many stories from the beginners that, you know, they wouldn't, they treat us like shit. Mm. They would call us up and they would say, we have paid you. Now we own you. No, my friend. No. I always tell my, um, you know, juniors and, you know, my, all the beginner, beginner artists, never perform for free. Because there is a corporate world out there. They're there to take advantage of you. They push you. Yes, they indeed push you. But don't sell yourself cheap. Realize your worth. So if you don't know your worth, who will know it? Yes. I agree. Uh, Worst moment in your life? Worst moment in my life. Uh, I actually don't remember any worst moments and I never liked to do that. Uh, hmm, hmm. Okay, I would call it... Um, I can't think of any worst moments, man. We all have bad moments. Like, which moments was bad emotionally? Like, you, you felt really sad or hurt or let down? Something that stands out? Okay. Um, I lost uh, lost my kid. Oh, wow. Um and uh, I remember, okay, so uh, Sarah was like, I guess, uh, four months, or five months pregnant. And um, I had to leave for a show. It was a show in Turkey. 
and uh, just right before the show, before my performance, uh, she called me that the baby doesn't have a heartbeat anymore. So it's like go to the doctor, ask him how to go about it, what's happening. It's like I went to the doctor, says that we have to go for something else. And uh, I literally had to go on stage in half an hour. And uh, I was on stage. I, I performed for two and a half hours. There were people right in front, they were drinking, they were enjoying themselves, they were having a great time. And uh, I could tell that they were having a great time. And um, I came back to my room and that was what, 11.30 or 12 in the night. This was in Thalia. And I asked uh, my team to arrange a car for me. I wanted to go to Kunia. I wanted to visit uh, Shams the Braze and Rumi, Rumi's shrine. And I wanted to be alone. I didn't want anybody around me. And I was uh, not telling this to anybody. I, I told my friend, told him that I'm going to go. And he, he insisted that I want to go. I want to be there with you. And I remember that it was his thing that he always wanted to go to Maulana Rumi's shrine. But uh, I was, call me selfish or whatever at that point, but I didn't take him, take him along and I left. It was a three and a half, four hour journey. And throughout the whole journey, I was, I was just thinking one thing that how helpless we all are. The shrine was going to open at 8 a.m. in the morning. I reached there by 6.30. There was no one at the shrine. It was raining. And um, I was just by myself. And I was at a place where nobody would even recognize me. And... Um, I would just, I, would, I wouldn't ask or I wouldn't sort of ask a question that, you know, why did you do that to me? How and why? I was not in that state. I was just that, how helpless we all are. We have control over nothing and yet we fight over everything. You know, out of... We're so much alike in so many ways, and I think so different also. Mm. Our lives are quite similar, even our background s- systems. Mm. And um, I was asked this question. Somebody flipped the question on me. Okay. And I said two or I think at least two moments in my life where mm. I felt helpless. Mm. It's that, that, that emotion that's worst for me. Helplessness. Yeah, it is. I can't stand it. You can It makes you feel weak, and you just oh. have to wait. Yeah. You, what do you do? You wait. 
It's like if your partner or your parent is in the surgery room, it's not in your hand anymore. You're just waiting outside. I'm there. I have to take two flights to go back home. And by the time I will reach, I won't be there with my partner. Imagine, yeah. So. Any regrets? I think that was worse, probably. Yeah, that's a tough one. And, uh, yeah, and then I, anyways, she's a, she's a brave woman. Yeah. Sure. Regrets, no. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think so. There's a regret in my life. None. Okay. What does Zohra mean to you? Wow. Um, I think all that I have at this point in my life, talk about love, happiness, gratitude, Mm. thankfulness. I think it all belongs to her. And I am still unable to tell her how much I love her. I'm still unable to tell her that how beautiful she is. Even though I go and tell her. But it's never enough. I think it's never enough what she has done for for her kids. Because now I have kids and I sort of relate. Mm. You know, she would wake up in the middle of the night. She didn't have to. She could have afforded maids, right? She would go to the shops and, you know, buy clothes. Not as a formality, out of love. But out of love, she would go and see, my my kid is going to look beautiful. And this, the time that he would make milk for us, you know, would feed us. She would be, she's like, she wouldn't let us know that we're weak. Even in weak times, she'd be strong. And um, yeah, I think I would never be able to tell her how much I love her. My, My parents, I would never be able to tell them how much I love them. So, Muhammad Islam is your father's name? Correct. What does he mean to you? Hmm. Strong, focused, determined, stubborn, religious. Strict when it's needed. Hmm. And uh, don't care about others. Okay. What does, uh, or ahad in one word, your son? Um, He's a song filled with love. One word. I'll make it harder for you. Okay. One word. Hmm. 
Okay. He's music for me. It's nice. Sara in one word. Sara in one word. Class. Nice. I have a hypothetical question that I sometimes, I, I go with my feeling, but I actually I'm curious now. Mm. It's a imaginary question, but mm. you're an artist, so you can imagine things. Okay. So if we take Atuf's heart, and we place your heart now in front of you, hmm. what would it tell you? It would tell me to get rid of all the negative things in your life and don't distract yourself and just... Live it to the fullest. Okay, last one. Hmm. Out of in one word. Blue. Blue. Thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed this. Man. Thank you. I really do love it. Tell me about the first time you saw your wife. Volam he, wo baate koi na jaane. Ti kaisi raate, wo barsaate, wo bhigi bhigi aade. Man, you're fucking good. <laughs> He's really good. <laughs>